Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both SnoozeFest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. I am so excited for this interview. When I decided to launch this podcast, the one thing that made me most nervous was how I would start. The only guest that felt fitting for the first episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast is Michelle Hansley, my very first student to ever enroll in Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. 300 students later, she will always be my OG. Michelle started on her sleep training journey just over six years ago after the birth of her daughter, Gemma. It was important to Michelle that Gemma got quality sleep because that meant she could feel well-rested and be the best version of herself for her family. Through her journey, she learned about the importance of sleep in children for their development, temperament, and overall well-being. Fast forward six years later, Michelle decided to get certified by Center for Pediatric Sleep Management so that she could support families on a more professional level. Michelle launched her business, Make Sleep Sweet, two years ago and supports families while working part-time and staying home with their children. Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be doing this with you. So first of all, you know, I always say this to you all the time, but thank you for trusting me to lead you on this journey. You believed in me before I had even wrapped my head around believing in myself. And I seriously will be forever grateful for that. Why on earth did you decide to enroll in my program, CPSM, uh, with exactly zero students? Did you even, I don't even know if you even knew that at the time, uh, over enrolling in a more established program? So I did know that you were launching for the first time. And I knew that because you took the time to take a phone call with me and tell me about your vision and your thoughts. And you explained that the program was getting ready to launch. I didn't know at the time I was going to be the first student, but I did know it was pretty early on. A little backstory, I reached out to a friend and I said I was thinking of getting my certification. I didn't even know where to start. And she recommended I check out a Facebook page called Boss Moms. I commented there just with the idea of a certification program for being a sleep consultant and your name kept popping up. So I reached out, I scheduled a call. And to be honest, I had looked into other programs as well. Uh, Most of them online had links that said enroll now, but I didn't really know much about the programs. There was no one to talk to about them. And then I got on a phone with you and I just felt like we connected. Um, It just felt so good talking to you. I remember I walked out of the bedroom and I told my husband, I'm ready to do this. And before we talked, I wasn't sure if I wanted to move forward. I just feel like talking to you, I could see the vision you were explaining and I felt the connection and the support that you were willing to give. Um, It just felt right. And my husband had that same conversation with me. As soon as I walked out of the room, he said, why Jane? Like, why this course that hasn't been established yet. And my response to that is someone's going to have to take the chance and start on it. Just like when I become a certified sleep consultant for the first time, someone's going to have to take a chance and be my first client. Like you have to start somewhere. And just because you were just getting started, I had no doubt that it was going to be great. 
Yeah. Well, I'm, I seriously am so grateful. I always think back to that time when I, I really, it's interesting that you feel that I had this developed vision and you could see it so clearly because looking back on it, I'm sure I did have one at the time, but it's probably so different than it is now. And, you know, I just, I'm grateful that you trusted me and that uh, you were willing to grow your business as I was still growing this program. And yeah, I'm just, I'm so grateful. Uh, Let's talk about, let's talk about what it looks like for you, because, you know, one thing that I think is really special about you is that you are really fully committed to still being a stay at home mom. Like I know you take your business seriously, but your girls are your priority. And, and at least for now, while they're still young, I know that you really want to prioritize being present for them. So what does that look like for you? Absolutely. Yeah. So that was always really big to me. We're a busy family and busy with good things, but I love this position that I have the power to really set my schedule and what my day-to-day looks like. You know, last week was my daughter's birthday and we went out of town. So I made my calendar unavailable for two days and I didn't take on new clients during that time. So I definitely think being my own boss and having my own company makes that possible because I can set what my schedule looks like at home with my girls, as well as what my schedule looks like for my business. Yeah. Can you give us a sample day? I'm sure, you know, when people ask (laughs) me this, it's really hard, right? Because every day is a little bit different, but can you even think back to like, what was yesterday that you can just sort of give us a rundown of what that looks like for you? Yeah. I've lost all track of days, but in my world, in my life, it works. So to try to explain it to someone else, it, it, I feel like it makes no sense. But yes, my younger daughter's in school part-time. My older daughter, we have a carpool system down for her for school. You know, she has activities four days a week. And my calendar is set up to take on phone calls during the few hours that both girls are in school. Usually my alarm goes off at 8 a.m. as a reminder to shoot my clients, current clients, text messages. So I remember to check in with them because if my alarm wasn't set, I would probably lose track of time. Um, So I shoot all of them a text. I respond to them through text throughout the day. And yeah, you know, I think setting the schedule to take on new clients when the girls are in school so I can be fully present with the girls when they're home and then I can be fully present with my clients while they're at school definitely helps. Yeah. One thing you told me, I'm wondering if you still do it, or I think you suggested it to some of the ladies in our uh, Facebook group for students and grads is that at one point you were checking in first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. and then in the middle of the day and then around bedtime. Do you still, do you still operate that way? Yeah. For the most part, I let clients know that. And then, I mean, I have my phone on me, so I tell them, obviously, if they ever shoot me a really sent time sensitive question, you know, it's going on an hour and they haven't gone down. What do I do? I try my best in the moment to write back, but I want them to know if they ask a question, Hey, what time should they go down for bed tonight? And it's noon. It's not something I need to answer immediately. So just letting them know that I'll get back to them before they need me. Um, but it's not always in the exact moment if it's not necessary. Yeah. Okay. I hear that. Um, and then just thinking like thinking back to where you were two years ago versus where you are now, your girls are a little bit older. Your business is a little bit more established. Um, are you still taking on a similar caseload or have you been able to take on more as your girls have become more independent and 
And I would assume your business has grown just from referrals and word of mouth. Yeah. So I'm still taking on, I, I'm feel, I feel comfortable at two to three clients at a time. I have taken more on. And, you know, at one point I've had five or six clients at a time, but then I do feel like I want to give my clients a lot of attention and I want to give my family a lot of attention and it's hard. You know, I think once my younger daughter's in school full time, that will make a big difference, but she's still home with me a lot. So to either take away from her or take away from clients, I've done it and I'm able to do it, but it's just not, you know, where I want to be at right now at this point in our lives. Yeah, I think you do such a good job of prioritizing your family. And I really, I really admire that. It's something I, you know, I'm trying to find that balance myself as I'm growing my business. And as my kids are getting older, you know, how much do I hustle my business at the expense of that sometimes can take me away from my family. So I don't know, I just I really admire the way that you sort of hold a firm boundary and and really value that time spent with them. And and that actually makes me think about your husband. What does he think about <laughs> all of this? I'm sure he's super supportive and, and proud of you, but uh, you know, you were a stay-at-home mom, not working at all. And then now you're sort of juggling. Um, what does he think about that? And, and what does support look like from him? Yeah, he's proud of me and he loves seeing me do what I love. Um, he reads the reviews. I'll read him comments from clients sometimes. And I think for him to see how much I've grown also in my business and how I'm able to prioritize um, and something that you've taught us all is to really value our time. And I think throughout the past couple of years, I've really grown in confidence and I'm starting to value my time a lot more as well. And yeah, I think he loves to see how much my confidence is growing and to have my own project to take on too. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think supportive partners, uh, family members, friends, whatever it is, is so crucial to having a successful business because we can get in our own head sometimes, right? And we, we start to feel like, oh, am I doing enough or am I, am I doing too much? And to have that grounded person there to be your cheerleader I don't know. It's, it's hugely helpful for me. Absolutely. Yeah, it is a big help. Um, so I am always being asked a question that I wanted to ask you on, on the podcast today. So one of the things that I get asked all the time is like, what expenses you can expect to incur when starting your own business. And, and I always think of you because you didn't really spend all that much when you first got your business up and running. You didn't even have a website. I think it was like over a year that you didn't have a website. Mm -hmm. um, can you share with us what that looked like? How did you how did you get clients to sign on with you if you didn't have a website? So my biggest expense was actually enrolling in the course to begin with, and I made that back. I think in the first one or two months with clients that I've taken. Other than that, it's small monthly fees for my calendar or my email domain. Um, some I play annually. But my biggest way to make connections when I first started, and this is something you told me as well, and I think it's paid off tremendously, is I took a handful of clients that I worked with, with for free of charge in exchange for testimonials. And we had a great relationship and they saw great results with their children sleeping. And those handful of clients referred me to a handful of clients and some of them signed on and it really grew organically and by word of mouth. Um, I'm just 
not into technology and social media. So really building those connections and relationships is what is most important to me. And that's how I've been successful so far. Um, yeah. And again, it's to build connections and relationships and get out there. It doesn't cost money. Yeah, I completely agree. And actually, um, I have a, a few graduates in the program that never launched a website, don't have a social media presence, and they have very successful, thriving businesses. And I think you're absolutely right that it's all about making those connections and and making the people that you are working with feel really valued so that they feel right. empowered to or compelled to share your name with friends, right? That's how this is a referral-based business. So when, when your clients are happy, then they spread the word. And I think that that's uh, definitely a winning recipe. But going back to the website for a second, I just want to talk about the logistics of that because- Yes. Like, okay, I get that you were good <laughs> enough at your job that people liked you and referred you to others. But I don't know, I use my website as the the means to actually have people sign up. I know you could, of course, just like send them an invoice. But what did that actually look like? If you didn't have some, somewhere to send them, what were you sending them to? Did you have like a e-pamphlet? Did you have like, what, it, what were you sending them to so that they could see more about your services? Or were you just talking to them and that was enough? Yeah, so again, it was, it was mostly word of mouth. So I would have a friend reach out and say, hey, I have someone who's interested. How do they move forward? And I know, I know you use Acuity. I use Calendly for a lot of my scheduling. Um, so I would send them a link to my calendar. And from there, they schedule a time slot that looks good for them to set up an initial call. And then from the initial call, I get their phone number and their email address. And then after that call, I send them a follow-up email, letting them know it was great connecting. I send out my pricing and services for them to reference. And then a link, again, another Calendly link on how to move forward. So if they're ready to book a package, they click on that link. They find a time slot that works well for them. Payment is collected at that time. And then I send them a contract electronically. So to be honest, I do have a website now, but I don't feel like it's changed my process. I mean, now in my email, I'll say, feel free to check out my website for testimonials, but my process as far as scheduling and moving forward hasn't changed with the website. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that that really speaks to the importance of just making that personal connection, which I cannot emphasize enough. I know that you've wholeheartedly believe in it too. Uh, but I like can't drill down that any further. It's just so important. It's not about, you know, fancy Instagram posts. It's not about a beautiful website. It's not about silly reels or TikToks. It's, it's about actually people wanting to work with you because they had a nice conversation with you. Right. That, I mean, that's what it looks like. Definitely. Yeah. And that's why I think I put off the website for so long because I, again, I, I, can't stand technology. So I was like, I didn't even know where to start. So I kept saying, I'll get a website. I I'll get a website. But then I kept getting clients without a website. So I was like, oh, but this month I'm getting plenty of clients. So I'll focus on it next month. And then next month I got clients again. So it was kind of one of those things where I was putting it off. But I obviously, if I felt it was impacting my business, I would have moved forward with it sooner. But I didn't even really feel a need. Sure. Uh, so what's what's up next for you? Um, any big plans? Or it's okay if there are no big plans. If if just doing this the way that you're doing it is making you happy, I want to. I don't want to make you feel like you have to have big plans. <laughs> but but I am a goal setter, and I'm sort of I'm 
business minded and I have a, an entrepreneurial drive and spirit. And I'm, I just feel like I have to ask you like, what's on, what's on the, on the pipeline for late, what's coming down the pipes for later. Yeah, definitely. I'm super excited to now be getting back into a little more in-person events. Um, my business launched March of or February of 2020. And then March of 2020, things started shutting down, which definitely impacted my big visions and goals for in-person connections and relationships. So next week, I've actually partnered with a dentist that I'm super excited about. We're doing a mom's meetup at the park, and she's going to talk about dental hygiene in children. And I'm going to talk about how that all impacts sleep, feeding overnight, bottle feeding to bed, not brushing teeth, all of that. Um, So we're intertwining those. I'm really excited about that. And then in March, I'm working with another mom and we're hosting a entrepreneur brunch for moms in our community to come out and meet each other and see how we can support each other. And I've been in touch with some mommy and me classes once they're allowing visitors to come in and speak there. So definitely a lot more in person now that, you know, we're moving back in that direction. I love that. That's such a perfect answer for you, right? Like just getting (laughs) back to actually seeing people face to face, that makes perfect sense. And, and I really, I have every bit of confidence that that is going to help you grow um, and and strengthen those personal connections that you value. Uh, Before we wrap up, I always like to ask uh, a few quick fire questions. Are you up for that? (laughs) Absolutely. So what is your favorite app or platform that you use for your business? I'm going to go back and say Calendly again. I feel like having the calendar in front of me that I constantly reference definitely helps keep me organized. I totally agree. I mean, I use Acuity, but same thing. If I couldn't, if I didn't have that, I would be so lost. Uh, what's, <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite part of the work that you do? Oh my gosh, getting text messages from parents about how I changed their lives. Um, you know, I, I did this because I wanted to support children to get a better night's sleep, not even thinking about what a big impact it has on families. So getting a text from mom saying, I just did yoga for the first time in nine months and I slept last night, you know, those, those text messages, I look forward to reading them every day. Great answer. Love that. Uh, do you have a least favorite part of the job? Least favorite. Um, I mean, it's gotten better, but almost 90% of the time I have an initial call. I have a client that insists their child is a one child that can't be sleep trained. Um, so I think obviously with confidence and with time, I've, I'm able to answer now and get past that. But in the beginning, it was almost like, they're going to tell me they can't be sleep trained. What am I going to say? Can they really not be sleep trained? Um, and at this point, I've had all the cases and all of them were able to be sleep trained. So, <laughs> Right. In the beginning, I, could, I can imagine that feeling really scary. Like, oh gosh, they're hiring me. I need to figure out how to fix this. But parents are feeling like it can't be fixed. That That is really scary. Right. But I yeah. will say that you definitely helped set us up for success. And every baby has been able to be sleep trained. <laughs> yeah. And and toddlers and preschoolers too, right? They all, Absolutely. They all can sleep. Uh, team yes. Snoo or just a regular old bassinet? I'm so old fashioned. I go regular old bassinet. If you use a snoo, that's great. I just personally 
have the belief that less is more and we never used one. I don't even think they were around in my house. So yeah, I don't think, I don't think they were around. My kids are nine and five right. and I don't even think the snoo existed when Ivy was a baby or if it, if it did, it was like such a crazy thing to have at the time that we just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And now I, a lot of clients do use them. So if you use them, that's great. But me personally, I did not. Yeah. Do you have a favorite mantra or saying that you often share with your clients to help them over the stressful hump of making a change to the way their child sleeps? I do have a favorite mantra and you will know it well. Um, One you say all the time that I like to remind clients of is that you're doing this for your child, not to your child. Yeah, I say it. I, I write that in every single sleep plan. I love that that's rubbed off on you. It really is the truth. Uh, I think so many parents have guilt around establishing boundaries when it comes to sleep and our children need that and they want that so badly. So I agree. Yes. Sleep trading is for our children, not something we do to them. Totally agree. Um, yes. Before and- we re- oh, go, go, go. I was going to say a lot of times now when I see parents intervening, it almost overstimulates the child. And I have to remind the parent that you intervening, you're doing that for you, not for your child. It's because you need it, not what is in their best interest. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I said this podcast wasn't going to be about sleep training, but I, it always ends up being about <laughs> sleep training a little bit. Um, I noticed that too. Um, I coach a lot of my clients through check and console, which is sort of my own variation on the Ferber method. And a lot of the time the babies are doing so well, they don't need to be checked on. Like they're not level 10 crying. They're just sort of mm-hmm. fussing or fetching. And the parents get so frustrated that they haven't gone in to check yet. You know, they're like, but we haven't checked yet. I'm like, because your baby's okay. You know, um, they yeah. feel like they're not like, they feel like, I don't know if they have some guilt around the fact that it feels like cried out or extinction and they don't want to do that and they want to be checking. But, you know, if you really are tuned in to your child, then you realize that, a lot of the time they're okay. And, and just watching and sitting on your hands, just like you sit on your hands when a child is learning to zip their own coat or to put their own shoes on. You know, sometimes we have to sit on our hands when our children are learning to fall asleep. Definitely. And I will say not to make it about sleep training, to make it about you and the course that, you know, the course and your philosophies have given me so much confidence. I have answers to all of those questions. And I feel good about it. And I know what I'm speaking to. um, And I can definitely say that it comes from you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I've learned so (laughs) much from you too. And every time, you know, we can get all sappy. Every time you chime in in our (laughs) Facebook group and you say something, it's like, yeah, she learned that from me. You know, I taught her well. She's like, I always think you give the best advice. And that just makes me really proud that, that you share such good advice and you really have your head wrapped around it. And, you know, when my students are out there, my graduates are out there uh, helping families in really awesome ways and really making a big difference and making big changes to the way that their children sleep for the better, you know, that's, that's the good stuff right there. I'm sure has to make you proud. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, Before we wrap up, uh, first of all, thank you so much for doing this interview with me. I'm so grateful. Uh, Tell everybody where they can find you. If you want to share your website that you don't use that often or (laughs) whatever, share your social media. Tell us where we can find you. 
Yeah, social media, I'm at Make Sleep Sweet by Michelle. And then my website, I made myself. If you want to check it out, it's www.makesleepsweet.com. Thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate you chatting with me today. And I will see you in our Facebook group and on the internet and wherever else soon. Have a good one. Thanks, Jane. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much. And I hope you will tune in for the next episode.